Welcome to The Veteran Doctor. This podcast is for anyone interested to improving their knowledge on veteran-centric topics. Veterans have dedicated their lives to serving our country, so now it's our turn to serve them as they transition back into their civilian lives. We have discovered that there is a lack of knowledge on the availability of resources and how to properly navigate the systems available to veterans when they transition out of the military service. This podcast's purpose is to help bridge this gap of knowledge and guide veterans to resources that they so deserve. The Veteran Doctor is hosted by Dr. John Heinzelman, who has a master's degree in sports and performance psychology and a doctorate in psychology where he specializes in research. He is also a retired Army Airborne Infantry veteran with 22 years of service. So sit back, relax, and enjoy The Veteran Doctor. Good morning, veterans, family, and friends. Welcome back to the 22nd episode of The Veteran Doctor. On this week's episode, we will discuss veterans and dogs. We will also have our UBI and veteran news, so stick around for some great stuff ahead in our program. Many brave soldiers return home with scars, both visible and invisible. That makes it challenging to transition back into civilian life. At the same moment, Millions of wonderful companion animals wait in shelters for their forever homes. When a veteran is appropriately matched with the right dog, both of their lives can change for the better. The veteran saves the animal from the demise and welcomes them from a, into a loving home. The pet provides the veteran with support, unconditional love, relieving stress, depression, loneliness, and anxiety. Here is a very informative article I found on Veterans and Dogs written by D. Carell in 2020 from the Military Times that might be helpful. While there are multiple options to choose from for treatment, nonprofit organizations like the Canine for Warriors and Southeastern Guide Dogs have found a treatment method that veterans cannot receive directly from the VA, and that is service dogs. These extremely trained animals can perform a range of tasks such as tactical simulations to help the veteran cope with anxiety and panic attacks or standing directly in front of the handler in a crowd to give the veteran space from other people. The goal is to empower veterans who are living with PTSD. Dogs will never cure their issues, but they will are simply going to be a tool to help them in their recovery with it, Susie. Wilburn, director of the admissions and alumni support of Southeastern Guide Dogs, told by the told the Military Times, the VA is currently evaluating whether service dogs can benefit veterans diagnosed with PTSD. Although Congress first mandated a study to be the topic in 2010, it has been put on a back burner twice. Most recently. It was relaunched in 2015 and is still being conducted. According to the New York Times, the VA said that in May, it would unveil the study's results in 2020. But Canine for Warriors, who matches post 9-11 veterans with service animals, has pointed the research Purdue University released in 2018 that founded veterans with service dogs experienced lower overall symptoms of PTSD, lower levels of depression, and his more remarkably ability in engaging in social activities. 
Purdue partnered with Canine for Warriors for the study and examined 141 veterans with PTSD, 75 who were had graduated from the Canine for Warriors program, and 66 who were on the wait list. Under current policy, veterans cannot be matched with a service dog through the VA, but the agency can recommend veterans who are with, with nonprofits that a are members of the Assistant Dogs International or International Guide Dog Federation coalitions that provide accredited to organizations who train and place service dogs to start the process of adopting a service dog. Military Times spoke with experts at the Canine for Warriors and Southern Southeastern Guide Dogs accredited organizations with the agencies above, and here's what you need to know. What's the process like? To apply for a service dog, veterans typically must submit documentation that they have been diagnosed with PTSD from their service, military service, conduct a series of interviews over the phone or at home with the service dog providers, undergo criminal background checks, and participate in a training course. Information including the contact information of the veteran's current mental health provider, primary care physician, and references are also commonly requested. Here at Southeastern Guide Dogs, we have a pretty extensive application process that they have to go through, Wilbert said. We want to find out if they're appropriate to have a dog, Wilbert added. This ensures that Southeastern Guide Dogs knows essential information about the applicants up front to prevent wasting a veteran's and organization's time if it's not the right match. Approximately 50% of the applicants at Southeastern Guide Dogs receives are rejected due to various reasons, including background, criminal background, and if the veteran is also receiving treatment from a mental health professional, Wilbur and I said. We tend not to place our dogs if there's a tendency toward any kind of violence, Wilbur added. The organization also conducts an at-home interview to guarantee that the veterans' lives will be in an environment safe for the dog. During those checks, Wilburn said that the, they figure out what the veteran is looking for in a service dog. That is, do they want a service dog that will help them leave the house for a grocery store during the middle of the day and one that will help them cope with flashbacks and nightmares? At that point, Southeastern Guide Dogs determines which dog they're going to receive training is best suited for the veteran and then they work with the animal for 12 weeks to customize commands tailored to the specific veteran. Lastly, the veterans are brought to Southeastern Guide Dogs Campus in Palmetto, Florida for an 11-day training course to instruct them on how to work with a service dog. Altogether, it can take up to two years for Southeastern Guide Dogs to train the service dog uh, the organization breeds. Wilburn said, matching the veteran with a dog through Southeastern Guide Dogs takes between six weeks to one year. Canine for Warriors also has a thorough application process and asks for various information in its 37-page application to service veterans diagnosed with PTSD, a traumatic brain injury, and or military sexual trauma. We look for your mobility we look for your activity level, we look for your home life, and we look for, at the animals that we have in, a, in your home, and we look at the goals that you want to have within three to five years. Mike Grafts, the Warrior Relation Manager of K9 for Warriors and a Marine Corps veteran 
told telling military times. Like the Southeastern Guide Dogs application process, veterans must submit documentation from a phys- physician confirming they have a service-connected PTSD. Canine for Warriors also conducts criminal background checks and, and contacts personal references. Likewise, veterans also must submit confirmation that they are physically and mentally able to participate in a 21-day training program that they will be able to go through in public with a service dog. According to drafts, 85% of the dogs K9 for Warriors trains are rescue dogs. The organization has a dedicated procurement team that evaluates dogs in shelters to determine if they have the aptitude and medically cleared to work with as a service animal. If a dog cannot pass the K9 for Warriors training program, they are then adopted through the organization to help prevent them from ending up in a kill shelter. According to drafts, K9 for Warriors has accepted approximately 360 applications in 2019. Drafts said that a good percentage of the applicants are accepted. However, they noted that the failing of to meet requirements will dis- disqualify some candidates. Those who are approved won't receive a dog immediately though. Even after being accepted into K9 for Warriors program, veterans must be very patient because the organization's wait list is be- between 12 to 18 months. The final portion of the matching process requires the veteran to complete 120 hours of training on site at their headquarters in Ponte Verde, Florida, where the veteran is matched up with a fully trained service dog. The training is designed to show the veterans how they can instruct the service dog and work together as a team. Once veteran graduates from the program, like Southeastern Guide Dogs, the K9 for Warriors must cover costs associated with having a service animal. However, veterans who have substantial mobility limitations stemmed from the mental health disorder can qualify to receive veterinary benefits for the service dog, providing that the dogs are adopted through the Association of Assistant Dogs International or International Guide Dogs Federations has accredited. Draft said approximately 38 graduates from the Canines for Warriors program has received approvals for this benefit this year. Service dogs versus emotional support animals. Service dogs and emotional support animals are not the same and do not perform the same functions. Although emotional support animals have attracted media attention in recent years, experts note that there are several significant distinctions between the two. The big difference between a service dog and an emotional support animal is not the dog itself, but the handler. Rory Diamond, K9 for Warrior CEO, told Military Times. For a service dog, the handler has a disability and the dog is trained to help with that disability. This differs from an emotional support animal that could help anyone feel better regardless of whether the handler is a disability or not, Diamond said. Wilson expressed similar sentiments when asked about the emotional support animals. Although it does the emotional part of that it is not trained in any specific task to do that, Wilson said. It is going to sit on your lap and let the pet it and love it. And you are going to feel better about that yourself. However, it is not going to help you mitigate any, anything disability-wise. Wilbur also pointed out that the service dog is having public access rights covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act, 
which only recognizes dogs and miniature horses as animals specifically trained to help in tasks with those with disabilities. In contrast, emotional support animals do not have public access rights at all. The PAWS Act. Groups like Canine for Warriors do not charge veterans going through the program to train or place a service dog, but both Chambers of Congress have introduced legislation that would provide veterans a voucher to use to receive a service dog known as the Puppies Assisted War Wounded Service Members Act or PAWS Act. The PAWS Act would change VA policy completely, Diamond said, adding that this could allow groups to match more veterans with service dogs. The legislation would institute the VA to establish a group program to give veterans with PTSD $25,000 voucher to adopt a service dog if that provided belongs to the Association of the Service Dog Providers for Military Veterans. Canines for Warriors established it cost $27,000 to train and place each dog. Republican John Rutherford of Florida introduced this measure in the House in June and Senator Debbie Fisher from Nebraska reintroduced it to the upper chamber in November. Previous efforts to place it in legislation has been unsuccessful. For example, it was first introduced in 2016, again in 2017, and most recently in 2019. Even so, the legislation has consistently been referred to the House and the Senate Veteran Affairs Committee and hasn't faced a vote. Diamond said that Canines for Warriors will continue working to advance the legislation and will instead invest more energy into the Senate in 2020 to try to ensure the legislation advances this time around. What you'll see is a big push in the Senate in January. We are going to put all our efforts into the Senate side since the House seems to be try, want to try to kill it every year, Diamond said. Advice for veterans. For veterans starting the process of adopting a service dog, Wilburn and Diamond advises veterans to do their research ahead of time. In particular, Wilburn warned that illegitimate organizations could attempt to target veterans because they may be in a vulnerable state. Although they may not feel that way, there are organizations and scammers out there who are there trying to use the vulnerabilities and will take advantage of that, Wilburn said. To safeguard against this, Wilburn said that the veterans should head to Assistant Dogs International, which establishes training standards to ensure that dogs meet the highest standards in the industry according to the organization's website. That's the best place for a service dog members to start. It is to look for the accredited organizations around the country, Wilburn stated. Diamond also recommended that the veterans visit the Association for Dog Service Dog Providers for Military Veterans website to familiarize themselves with various providers that, that connect veterans and service dogs, what their standards are, and what's expected during the process. Similarly, he recommended that veterans avoid working with organizations that require veterans to pay for service dogs. There are a lot of groups that are working for free, Diamond said. For drafts, he recommended that veterans have ample support from their family and adopt a service dog because it could significantly alter the, the dynamics between a veteran and their family. 
What I mean about support is that they, there is a lifestyle change like no other, meaning that the service dog and it's almost like you're adding a third person into the relationship, Draft said. Draft pointed out that the service dog is a very different from a regular family pet and said that the animal is designed to develop a bond with one person, the veteran. But no matter what, Graf said that Canaan from Cayman for Warriors wants to be that resource for the veteran. Even if their organization can't directly assist you, if you need help, let someone know, Graf said. It's not just that we're providing a service dog for veterans, Graf said. We're here to help in any and every veteran. According to the VA, veteran suicides increased in 2017, averaging approximately 17 per day, reducing the number from the Canaan for Warriors ultimate mission. The draft said that that's why that we want to help veterans, period. We're just here to change lives, draft said, and that's what we're trying to do. Hopefully this article is something that you find informative and intriguing. Animals are very therapeutic in helping veterans in many different ways. If you feel that a dog could help you, please see your local VA and consult with your mental health professional. They should be able to guide you in the right direction. If you have any further questions, please let me know. Until next time, take care, be safe, and I'll see you next week.
move on to our next portion of our program, which is called UBI, Useful Bits of Information, or depending on your perspective, Useless Bits of Information. And our first one for this week is in the enlistment oath, who do military enlisted personnel swear to obey the orders of? A, the president and officers. B, the president and the secretary of defense. C, the secretary of defense and the officers. And D, the president, secretary of defense, and the officers. The correct answer is A, the president and the officers. Number two. Where does the Army's infamous 61-day Ranger School begin? The course consists of instruction at seven places. A, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. B, Eglin Air Force Base. C, Camp James E. Rudder, Florida. Or D, Fort Benning, Georgia. The correct answer is D, Fort Benning, Georgia. Number three. Which U.S. military service has the most four-star generals? A. Army B. Navy C. Air Force and D. Marines The correct answer is C. Air Force Number four, what does the acronym MASH stand for? A. Military Assistant Support Headquarters B. Military Army Surgical Hospital C. Mobile Army Surgical Hospital or D. Doesn't actually stand for anything correct answer is c mobile army surgical hospital number five according to the dod what equally equals in rank to navy coast and coast guard commander in the other services a major b lieutenant colonel c colonel or d brigadier general the correct answer is B, Lieutenant Colonel. Number six, in the famous U.S. Marine Corps, this is my rifle creed. The second sentence of the creed reads, A, there are many like it, but this one is mine. B, my rifle is my best friend. C, my rifle without me is useless. Or D, my rifle is human, even as I, because it is my life. The correct answer is A. There are as many like it, but this one is mine. Number seven. What is the maximum number of dependents under the age of 18 that one is allowed to have in order to enlist in the U.S. Armed Services? A, one, two, B, C, five, or D, no maximum? The correct answer is two. Number eight. What branch of service did the Army give birth in 1947 a air force b navy c marines or d coast guard the correct answer is a air force number nine semper paratus is the official song of the a army b navy c marines or d coast guard the correct answer is d coast guard number 10 whose picture is on the purple heart medal a. President Lincoln B. An unidentified soldier C. President Washington or D. The first Secretary of Defense The correct answer is C. President Washington Number 11. What is the oldest American military uniform item in continuous use? A. The Army Private's Cap B. The Good Conduct Medal Ribbon C. 
General Star, or D, the gold buttons on the Marine Corps blue, dress blue uniform? The correct answer is D, the gold buttons on the Marine Corps dress blue uniform. Number 12. How many people have won the Congressional Medal of Honor twice? A, zero, B, one, C, nine, or D, 19? Correct answer is C, nine. Number 13. The blue star banner is created in A, 1901, B, 1917, C, 1941, or D, 1945. The correct answer is 1917B. Number 14. Blue Star Moms was chartered by the U.S. Congress in A, 1942, B, 1944, C, 1945, or D, 1947. The correct answer is A, 1942. Number 15. The area, the Houston area chapter of the Blue Star Moms had its first official meeting in A, August 2003, B, September of 2003. C, August of 2004, or B, September, or D, September of 2004? Correct answer is D, September of 2004. And that will conclude our UBI. And for this week, we do not have any new veteran news, so we will move on to our shout outs. This section is reserved for recognizing new members for our podcast and partners and sponsors who support us in everything we do. We could not continue our podcast without everyone's support, so thank you. There are no new members or sponsors this week, so please listen to the next portion of our program, which talks about our podcast patron and sponsorship program. Do you want to be part of something bigger? Do you want to help veterans? Have you thought about helping the veteran doctor? As you may already know, the focus of the veteran doctor is to improve your knowledge on veteran-centric topics. The research and information dissemination process can be daunting with the maintenance of literature, books, websites, blogs, podcast episodes, and other administrative necessities. This ultimately takes time, resources, and marketing to reach and support veterans, as well as their very diverse needs. We are so excited about the process of podcasting and the potential impact it can have on the veteran population. To keep going and improve this podcast, we would tremendously be grateful to anyone who can support us in our expansion and growth. We are looking to enhance this podcast quality and would find it more manageable with a bit of support. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars a month worth of entertainment, we would greatly appreciate you investing in The Veteran Doctor. We offer different rewards for different pledge obligations, So please see what may fit your budget. Once again, we appreciate your support. And from all the veterans out there who benefit from this podcast, I'm sure they appreciate your support too. Every program must establish a goal and milestones to determine what is going to be done with the funding. The first goal we're going to reach is a monthly pledge of $500 collectively. The milestones are number one, help pay for ongoing production costs, hosting fees for websites, blogs, and podcasts. Number two, help purchase rewards for patron supporters. Number three, offset marketing costs for websites, blogs, and podcasts. And number four, help buy new equipment and technology to improve podcast sound and quality. There are different rewards for each monthly donation amounts. The donation amounts range from $1 to $50 a month. The rewards include one or more of the following items listed depending on the level of monthly donation. Some examples of the rewards may consist of, number one, a thank you on the show or website, 
Number two, a thank you email. Number three, early access to new episodes. Number four, show swag, t-shirts, bumper stickers, lapel pins, and a pen. Number five, a patron can read a short message on the show. Number six, call in as a special guest. And number seven, a patron can determine a show topic. So if you think you're receiving a few dollars worth of uh, entertainment, come on down and support the Veteran Doctor. As veterans, we have a lot of questions when it comes to transitioning out of the military. Or are you already out of the military and having trouble reintegrating? Are you having issues finding veteran resources? Or do you just want to learn more about veterans? Well, the Veterans Resource and Transition Guide may just be the solution for your issues. This book is available on Amazon.com and is in both ebook or paperback. It is a book written to help veterans with research, knowledge, and resources with their transition back into civilian life and beyond. Our society's current problem demonstrates that many veterans, as they transition out of the military, do not have the knowledge, training, or resources to reintegrate back into society properly. They do not know where to go, what to do, and do not even have a sufficient plan to survive. The purpose of this guide is to provide a one-stop and quick reference source of research, knowledge, and resources for veterans to easily reference to give veterans a better understanding of the dynamics of veteran issues, educate veterans on the process of transitioning out of the military, what to do once they get out, develop a plan, and provide resources to help make life a little easier during and after that transitional experience. Additional information has been added for our survivors' benefits for surviving widows, and a military 101 class to help educate the civilian workforce on military culture and lifestyle. The guide's additional intent is to make it a living document by taking input from readers and providers on information and resources, providing an annual update to veterans on the ever-changing and developing process of transitioning and resources. This guide will provide resources of knowledge to veterans, helping guide them through their transitional journey. So grab yourself a copy today and get those resources you so deserve. Do you want to learn more about me? Maybe you uh, want to learn more about my new book or future books. What about our new veteran blog? Do you want to learn more about the veteran doctor? Well, my website may be your solution. My author website is up and is available for viewing at www.johneheinzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. This site will provide you with the latest and greatest information on me, my latest literary works, future works, my veteran blog, and this podcast, Veteran Doctor. A unique feature available on the website is the Veteran Blog. The Veteran Blog provides veterans with the latest up-to-date information on veteran-specific topics that affect everyday life, whether challenging or life-enhancing. The purpose of this site 
is to keep veterans informed and help improve knowledge quicker and on demand. Subscriptions are available in monthly, weekly, and unlimited access depending on the veteran's informational requirements. The future of this site will include special features, video, classes, depending on the subscriber access level. Please check it out and try our seven-day free trial. So as this week's episode comes to a close, we hope you enjoyed the information you gained on The Veteran Doctor. Remember, we welcome feedback on this podcast to help improve our quality and content. Or if you have any new ideas, please send them to info at johneheintzelman.com. That's J-O-H-N-E-H-E-I-N-T-Z-E-L-M-A-N.com. I hope you come back and visit us on our next episode. So until next time, take care. Be safe and enjoy your week. Have a good one.